Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. It is so great to be here today with my special guest, Dr. Rick Jetter. Dr. Rick Jetter, how are you doing today, my man? Dude, that is a wild intro, man. I made my, I got goosebumps. <laughs> it's so funny because all of the people at home that are listening to this don't see that video. They're just going to hear it. So, the passion and the the voices that are on that video every time I watch it, it just sets me up for really getting pumped up and ready to go. And so we're pumped up and ready to go today and yeah, baby. get ready to talk about your journey, your life and all the great things that you have been doing and all the stuff related to the hundred stop series as well, because that has just been really something that I, we were talking about in the pre-show that I've just really thought was such an awesome idea to bring educators together. But We'll dive in. Let's rewind back. You're a school leader. You're an author of 10 books, and you are a leadership consultant. You're the co-founder of the publishing organization called Pushing Boundaries, LLC. So that's a whole chunk, but I'm sure there is so much more that I left out. But Rick, tell us a little bit about yourself. I don't know, man. You know, it's like I, w I went into college to be like a... Two people from my class, my graduating class, went to uh, UB, right? University of Buffalo. And, and my buddy and I, we went in for business management. We wanted to be Gordon Gecko. We wanted to make a ton of money. You know, I was a stupid kid. I didn't know what the hell was going on. And uh, they, they threw a couple of prerequisite courses in, right? Gen Ed credits that you had to take. One of them was English 101. And I'm like, no, man, I want to make money. I want to take the business courses, man. Let's get this thing going. But I took the English course and I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked the writing. I love I love the teacher. The professor was super cool. And I'm like, I want to be her, you know. And uh, from there, I said to my buddy, dude, I'm out, man. I'm out of the business program. I'm going into to English education. And he's like, oh, come on, man. And by the way, now, uh, right now, my buddy's a dentist. So he, he, he changed courses pretty quickly, too. But, you know, that's how I just kind of got into the field and then went through the ranks, administration, held almost every position, had a blast, had some downfalls, too, right? Nothing's perfect. But uh, I just, I feel good. I feel healthy. I'm alive. I wake up in the morning. I'm pretty energized, you know? Um, you know, sometimes 
your back hurts because you're you're at the desk more than you want to be. But I try to get out and about, and and it's just it's awesome to just have a power punch to help these kids and staff members. It's wild. It the is. impact, right? The impact. You know this, man. Yeah, wild. the impact. The impact is wild. Sometimes we forget um, how important our impact is and how deep our impact can stretch, especially when we're working with kids, especially when we're working with school leaders. And also when we're working with those teachers, because you're being pulled in so many different directions and, you know, talking a little bit about your journey, we talked about this, you know, on the pre-show a little bit, but you start, you're, you're a school leader now and you're doing all of these great things. And you found yourself writing 10 books in the process. Like most people write a one, maybe they'll get a second, third, fourth. But at this point in your career, you've written 10 books. So what what kind of pushed you and motivated you to become an author for educators and 10 books later? Yeah, so I was a former alcoholic. I, when I got out of rehab, I used writing as a, an outlet for me to just, you know, do something constructive and get it all out. Uh, and that's how I started my first book. It was it was actually a novel, um, fiction. And I got to tell you, man, fiction is so much harder to write than nonfiction. Holy cow! I learned a lot through that process. But then at the same time, I had a book coming out through through Routledge, and and Todd Whitaker mentored me to get that going on. <clears throat> and I thought, okay, how about a third? And then if well, I met Rebecca Cota, my business partner, pushing boundaries, how about a fourth, right? How about a right? So it just it just kept going on. It was almost my new addiction, right, brother? It was like, hey, let's take something that was toxic and make it now beautiful. And uh, yeah, it was cool. So we're up. I don't know. I'll, what what's Todd Whitaker up to? Like fifty now? Right. Yeah, but, no, uh, absolutely. He's a little bit older than I am. So, uh, you know, maybe someday I'll get there. But right now I'm I'm comfy and, and loving life and feeling great. That's awesome. Well, first of all, I appreciate you sharing all of that um, and that journey, you know, turning that challenge into such an opportunity for growth and using the process of writing to be able to kind of not only organize your thoughts, but also find peace in the process. I think that's yeah. really really, really a beautiful thing. But also, I think that's a really important thing for a lot of our listeners, you know, a lot of us or that are out there that are writing that are writing these books, you know, it might start out as just a blog post, it might start out as a journal that you're writing on a daily basis. But so many educators and so many people that I meet with, just sit there and say, well, I can't write a book. You know, I can't get it published. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I think that this is a nice transition to that idea of the the 100 Stop series. So where did your idea come for the 100 Stop series, obviously? But also tell our listeners about the 100 Stop series in case they haven't heard of it yet. Yeah, so it's uh, 100 no-nonsense things that all teachers should stop doing, right? There's going to be one for school leaders. There's going to be one for parents. And the, the student, right, the school leader one should be coming out hopefully no later than the fall. We're working really diligently on that. We can't, we can't tell you how much, Doc, that we appreciate you being a part of that project. It's, it's a wicked cool project. But I thought about it in the shower. I was like, man, 
I've got this idea of like, I want to tell the world like maybe a hundred things that we should stop doing. But then I thought, who the hell wants to listen to me about a hundred things? Let's get a hundred people, right? Let's get a hundred experts to, to grab one of these chapters and even revise the topics. And so, yeah, it's like a, it looks like a phone book too. I remember Jeff Kubiak, you know, when he saw it, he's like, bro, this thing's like a phone book, man. But it's really cool. It's right. It's it's a it goes beyond the traditional size, and it's got. Uh, I mean, it's there's 103 authors, because there were some co-authors in that first book, and these people just rocked it, man. And these things, you know, even it even if the your listeners don't buy the book, right? I, I'm not here to sell books. Just go on Amazon and look at the table of contents. Because you'll see so many really cool topics that you can use as a, a, you know, for a staff meeting, faculty meeting, you can get people in groups, do a couple studies, but, you know, feel free just to go on and get the table of contents, but it's exciting, man. But it's also a hard, it's, <laughs> I've never pulled that many people together. I don't think I've had that many people at a party, you know, <laughs> where you had to cater to that many people, you get Hey, you just tell the caterer, I need this many roast beefs, right? <laughs> but for this book, it was like emails and, and grabbing them on social media and messaging and making sure the project comes together. It was tough, but it it was awesome. It was awesome. I can only imagine the amount of work that goes into that. You know, you become the manager of all the hundred people yeah. and trying to get everybody to organize and get everybody to do their edits, look at their edits, make their changes, yep. get it ready, get it in by the deadline, all of those things. And you got to give a lot of credit to the educators that are in the book, because in my opinion, and from the messages that I've seen, it sounds like everybody's kind of abiding by those pop, those deadlines and getting everything in when they need to. So just an amazing thing to be a part of personally. I'm excited to be a part of it. I know a lot of the names the majority of the names that are in the book. And I think it's just really great to be able to connect with other educators in a space and be a part of something together. I'm really proud of that. And I think that that's what drew a lot of people to it is that camaraderie, is that connection. A lot of us have really connected over the past two years since the beginning of this pandemic. And now that we're starting to put together things, it's almost like a, a graduation. It's almost like a celebration especially yeah. with the timing of it coming now. Well, the other thing too, Doc, is with that teacher book, the red book, I had about 762 people respond. So I felt bad because I was like that soccer coach saying, wow. your kid is cut, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, you go from 762 to, to 103. And I, I mean, I felt really bad, but, you know, Listen, at the end of the day, it's at the end of the day, you got to get in when you got to get in. You got to yeah. do it when you got to do it. It becomes one of those things, you know, as you kind of work through this and you talk about your writing journey and how you've gotten to this point of where now ideas just pop to you in the shower and you turn it into a project. It wasn't always like that for you. It was, you know, obviously your first book, you know, started in one place and now you're 10 books later and you're in a different place. What would be something that you would give to our listeners, a little piece of advice that you'd give to them about, you know, the process of writing a book? You know, 
two things. Number one, reach out to people who have written a book before and they will help you. I remember, like I said earlier, Doc, I, I reached out to Todd Whitaker and I thought this guy will never respond to me. He's an A-list. You know, this guy's like, he's the best around. He called me back after an email the next day. Like he, I left my phone. He called me. He's like, hey, Rick, it's Todd. I'm like, oh my God, it's Todd Whitaker, right? And we spent some time on the phone and he he mentored me to help like give focus and clarity to the process, you know, the second thing, um, would be, it's gotta be fun for you. If you, if you get into a topic that you think is kind of cool, or if you start writing and maybe it's going well, but then it starts to get to the point where you're seeing fun getting negated by tediousness. You can't, you can't keep going. Don't do it just to write a book when it's a nightmare, right? When it's giving you stress, when you don't want to do it, when you wake up in the morning, you're like, ah, I got to write a chapter today. I don't even want to, you know? It's got to be fun. It's got to be a topic you love and it's got to be fun. If it isn't, don't do it because you're not going to give a high quality product. Yeah. I, think those, I think, Doc, those two things are really uh, what I stand by. Yeah, I agree. And I noticed that you're also teaming up with people as you write, which is a different kind of experience. I mean, what did you notice about the difference of writing a book on your own and then writing a book with someone else? Yeah, writing a book on my own, I could crank it out in a couple of months. Uh, writing it with someone else is more fulfilling because they bring to the table things you can, you never even thought about. So if it takes a little bit longer because you're going back and forth, you're sharing a Google Doc, you're, you know, you have you have conference calls, Zoom meetings, you want to be on the same page, be on the same timeline. Um, they bring perspectives, right? That I don't know if I'll ever write a book again just as a single author. I really just doc, I really don't think I'm going to. Uh, it's going to be with one or one hundred three people. <laughs> other than me, you know? So I just, I love the perspectives that I can't even think about that they bring to the table. It is wild. Yeah. There is something to be said about the opportunity to connect with people, but also be able to have their ideas on top of yours, whether it's enhancing your idea, whether it's taking your idea and saying and looking at it from a different perspective that you didn't think of. You know, I know a lot of people when they write a book, they immediately, you know, when they have the manuscript, they immediately want to get it out to people so that they can read it and give that feedback. But when you're writing a book with someone else, you're getting that feedback on like every sentence. So it's it becomes a, a almost like a, a, a team that you're working with to build this 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 vision this voice that you're trying to push forward and i think that that's really i think it's admirable i think it's a, a good point to to bring up is that sometimes people fear away from writing a book with somebody else because well you know i'm i'm so disciplined and you know how am i going to be able to work with somebody else but i think it's important that you find the right partner too i mean you've also been fortunate to find the right people yeah yeah and they and they're people who have become friends so i know them really well i know their work ethic I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to deliver. So it's it's more like, man, I just want to 
chew on their brain. Yeah. You know, I love it. I love getting, you know, because you write something, right, Doc? You think like, wow, this is really good. And then you get another perspective and you're like, I never thought of that. And that's even better, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's, I think it goes even further for you to say it's something about us seeing all of these people that are out there doing amazing things. They're going into schools, they're doing great work. But when we leave, when the, when we, when the consultant leaves, when the speaker leaves the school, that one person may have delivered that message, but it's on us to be able to carry it out. And I think that that is really a, a, an important point of what you're saying is going forward. We need to be able to get to be together because there are so many things that we've learned through the time of COVID and so many people reached out and connected and so many people got connected. I was telling you the birth of this whole podcast was during that time when we wanted to connect with other people. I wanted to connect with other people and be able to have a deeper conversation that we could share with others because if it just helps one person, then sky's the limit. That's right, man. And I think that that's what it's all all really about when it comes to working with other people, connecting with other people, and being able to share work that gets us to kind of achieve our dreams. Because a lot of us think that when they just, when I'm just a teacher, I'm just a principal, I'm just a, an, an administrator, I'm just yep. a school leader, I'm just a superintendent. But the power of all the people in the room, the power of everybody is just being able to bring those voices together. I can imagine you've gained so much from writing those books with 103 people, more than you've probably ever gained in terms of perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's like I read the book and learned stuff I didn't even realize. Yeah. It helped Amazing. me as an educator, right, to be better because of them. And here we're writing a book, but I actually read the thing and I learned more. <laughs> you know, it was wild. It really is. It, it, it all becomes really wild. And especially when you find yourself going into schools now and you find yourself doing this work with consulting and you find yourself now, here we are in 2022 and here we are ready to 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 move forward in the new years and, and the, the school years ahead and all the things that are that are coming because we have this, we've learned so much in the past and now we've hit this summer period where now it's time to kind of pause and learn from what we have done recently. So yeah. what are some things that you're suggesting out there to schools in terms of what we've learned to kind of keep this shift going in the education? Because there is an opportunity for a big shift and a shift when I say shift, I mean shift for the better. Yeah, and I... I don't want to sound preachy, right? But it, preach, it, it, please it, preach. But it, it sounds cliche, Doc, you know, when I say focus on the students, but here's the second part of that. Focus on the students and don't get upset about the bureaucracy, right? We can say focus on the students. It's all about the students, right? I'm not just saying that. I'm saying don't let the bureaucracy frustrate you to the point where you lose focus of the students. Does that make sense? 1000% push it a little bit further. I'm sure you can make it more make sense for the rest of our leaders. Cause I know you have a lot more to say on that. So a lot of us, 
look at we we have frustrations with the system okay and that system could be localized it could be regional it could be national and and i i know a lot of people get frustrated at systemic decisions coming from bureaucratic sources okay i do too right i gotta write this report for the state i gotta have that on time there's a deadline oh no there's a survey in my queue i gotta get that to state ed right there's all this stuff and the accountability measures require more bureaucracy and it does take me away from kids because i have to do those tasks but I can't let my frustrations of those bureaucratic systems affect the power that I can have with a kid. And, and I almost wish I, I had something back in that red book, the 100 book for teachers that had this exact title as a right for the chat for one of the chapters. But it's almost like, hey, if there were 101 chapters, what would that be? Well, this I guess this will be my 101st chapter. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that, that really, when I think about that, it focuses me better than not bringing that out and bringing that elephant out and, and just dealing with it, you know? Yeah, no, I 1000% understand and agree with what you're saying. I think a lot of times we get in our own way. There's a change coming. There is a shift. There is something that we were doing one way. And now we have to do it another way. Curriculum changes, all of those little things and the thousands of things that happened throughout the pandemic, you know, going from lockdown to hybrid to virtual back and forth and masks and no masks and all those things, you know, but how resilient have we become you know we talk all this time and everybody's talking about all these teachers are leaving the field yeah they are they are leaving the field but there's still millions of teachers left in the field you know there's still people that are still there doing the job and i think that that's really important what you're saying is there is a lot of time where some of us just get so frustrated because all of these things happen and there's a story behind everything, of course. But at the end of the day, it goes back to what you were saying about the students. It goes back to, you know, understanding that these kids have been through so much and now we have a different responsibility, maybe that we hadn't had in the past, is now we have to educate the child and the kids and the, the young adults a little bit differently than we have in the past because all of these shifts have opened up all these little Pandora's boxes inside of our classrooms, inside of our schools. But so many times we look at that box and we say, well, no, that's the reason. That's the reason I can't do that. That's the reason I'll oh, throw my hands up in the air. And, right. and what that leads us to, it leads us to giving up. Right. And I'm not saying all those teachers who have left the profession, they've given up. Absolutely not. There's 10,000 stories out there. I don't know any of them. I'm just saying that the people who are there, you're still there for a reason. And that's, that's right. not the only, the only reason you're not there is just because I have to be there for another 10, 15, 20 years. You're still there. You're still showing up. You know, if, if you're feeling like you're, you're chained to your desk, or you're chained to your job, this might not be the profession for you. 
So I, I appreciate what you're saying. And I totally agree with, you know, getting out of our own ways so that we can continue to push forward. Wasn't there a hashtag, something that went around uh, months ago? Like I choose to stay. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, I believe so. I think that's principal L. I think that's, uh, I forget who that is. I've seen that around. Absolutely. Yeah. But there is isn't. Yeah, absolutely. I choose to stay. Yeah. I choose to stay. I think that that makes us, that makes it the perfect way because at the end of the day, here we are doing this, this job, but we are still here and we're still returning because once again, we all signed up to do this at one time in our lives. And I feel like a lot of times we forget why we signed up. We forget why we said we wanted to be a teacher. And yeah. yes, things can shift. I can become, go from a teacher to an administrator. I can go to this, I can go to that. And now you see all these entrepreneurship opportunities that are out there and all these new jobs that are opening up for people. Let's not forget that a lot of these, that a good amount of these people who left education, they went to something different in education. That's right. So they're still in education. That's right. So it's not that people are leaving education and leaving education. They just found something better, maybe something more innovative, maybe something that gives them a little bit more freedom to stretch their wings. And yep. so I think that that's really important when we start talking about that instead of just saying, oh, everybody's leaving. Well, let's take a look at where they're going. That's a great point. Yeah. And I've thought about that a lot as I as I hear this, as I continue to hear this story and continue to hear things like that and always got to kind of sit back and ponder and be like, wait a minute. I think that there's a little bit more to the story here and let's look. There is. Yeah. There's the sub narrative, right. That's going on that people don't really dig down and, and check out, but that's a good point you made. No, I appreciate that. And listen, you know, as I mean, you've had such a, we, we barely even touched into a lot of things in your career, but Todd Whitaker meeting Rebecca hundred book series, and just book after book and all this great work that you're doing as well. And from a school leadership perspective, I think it's really admirable that, you know, a guy like yourself is is still coming back to the table and saying, I want to give more. I want to connect with more educators. I want 100 more educators on the next book. And so I think that that's something we should all be looking at and saying, let's follow in that step. Let's follow in those in, in those footsteps, because those are what we want our educators to be doing. We don't want them. We want them to be able to continue to write books. We want them to be able to think they can write books because that just gives them an opportunity to grow personally. It does. And get better. It does. You know, and it, so it, it and makes it's gotta be joyous, right? It yeah. really does. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally, I totally agree with that. So listen, so one thing we do on this show is we dedicate the show to somebody who's out there unlocking unlimited potential in all whom they serve. And you have a special teacher named Becky you want to dedicate this show. So tell me a little bit about Becky. Becky. Yeah, yeah. Becky Suffoletto, I met four years ago. Um, math teacher extraordinaire. Um, strict, but loving. She gets great results. The kids adore her. They look up to her. She mentors them. And, you know, I, I hate to do this, but we're taking her out of the classroom next year. and We're going to make her an instructional coach. She's going to be an instructional support specialist for STEM. And uh, she's a leader. You know, she was a leader as a teacher, but we want to have a different leadership capacity for her. And she's just going to beef up the building. She's going to she's going to help the other teachers just thrive. So, uh, Becky, this one's for you. Shout out to Becky. And let's just be honest. You're taking her, you're not taking her out. Yeah. 
you're moving her on so her influence can grow. I, I personally think that, you know, that she's going to have great influence. And I'm sure she sounds like she's going to have a massive impact because those are the kinds of people we want. We want people continuing to be, lead from a place of, you know, being awesome teachers. And I think that that'll help her going forward. And one more thing we do on this show is I also ask you to finish my yep. sentence, as you heard at the beginning. So unlocking unlimited potential means. Yeah, maybe this one can make the uh, the intro video. That's the goal. Um, I try to do it as much as I can. I just keep running out of time. It's got to be focused, not derailment. Right? All these things, there are all these factors out there, environmental factors, emotional factors. There are influences. There are derailments, right? to your position in education. And, and people will try to even derail you. Focus, focus, focus. Let the, let the derailment slide right off you like Teflon, man. Sometimes you just let it, let it like a frying pan, let it ride, let it slide right off. But focus, dodge the derailments. They will be there. They're in every career, not just education. But if you're focused, the derailments will be minimal because you won't pay attention to them when you don't need to. Um, I love that. Absolutely. I mean, that is one thing. I mean, think of how many times are we lost focus and think of how many times we lost focus in the past couple of years. Think of yeah. the amount of times we lose focus individually on why we're doing what we're doing on, you know, looking at the student who might be painful for you to deal with and, but losing focus as to why you're here because that kid is acting up for a reason. Yeah. And that story is really important to you helping them or supporting them or guiding them towards the promised land or just guiding them through their day and getting that one impact that can be that ripple effect that lasts and lasts and lasts for a long time because we only get that one moment sometimes right. as educators and you never know when that moment is, which is the craziest thing. That's right. Yeah. So you have so many things going on. I know you talked about the hundred book um, series. You have the next hundred book for school leaders, hundred non no nonsense things that all school leaders should do. Did I get that right? Should stop doing. Should stop doing. God, yeah. I should I was so close. Should yeah. stop doing. <laughs> So you have that coming out. So you're saying that's probably going to be out in 2022, 2023, possibly? 2022. 2022. You heard yep, it here. It's coming. You heard it here. 2022. It's coming out. What else do you have going on for yourself? I don't know. Looking for a car for my son. He's got to get his butt to college without us driving him like Miss <laughs> Daisy. And uh, looking for a new dog. You know, we had a, yeah. a price that's here. And uh I don't know. I'm going to take my wife out to dinner tomorrow. There you go. There you go. All that stuff sounds really good. And I do apologize for the passing of your, of your dog. And like I said before, that is not something that I take lightly as I bring my dog to school every single day. I yeah, that's cannot cool. imagine when that day will come, what that will be and the hundreds of kids that will be impacted by that. So I do not look forward to that day. So I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate you joining me on the show. I appreciate you just taking the time out of your day to to share with our listeners because this has been incredible stuff you know just your story from where you started to where you are now 10 books later 
and just still going and getting into school districts and leading your own school and just been amazing. So I really appreciate you taking the time to join me here. It's my pleasure. And I just want to do a shout out for you. I respect the work that you do tremendously. I know we haven't uh, been face to face quite yet. We're social media buddies, but um, following your stuff, I really, really respect the work you're doing and, and your dedication to education and students and teachers. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. There, are, I have a long list of people that I'm going to be connecting with in person, but we're going to be connecting in person because we're going to both be at the Teach Better Conference, aren't That's we? That's right, baby. That's right. That's right. So we're going to see each other. I have a long list of people that I'm going to see at that conference because I have not seen all the social media friends and all right, the people right. that we've connected with and all these circles that are people that I speak to almost every day, I've never actually been in the same room with somebody. Right, so right. that'll be the first of, of one of my gatherings where I know there's a lot of people there that I'm really excited to connect with. That'll be cool, man. Room. So yeah, no, I can't wait to do that in October. So listen, I really appreciate you taking the time and joining me on the show. This has been awesome. I am really excited for the future for you as well. Likewise. Thank you so much, buddy. All right. Awesome. And so if you have not taken the time out of your day to jump on to brandonbeckedu.com and sign up for the Something For You newsletter. What are you waiting for? It's completely free. It's full of helpful resources and tips for you to continue to unlock unlimited potential in all who you serve in your personal and professional life. I hope that you will jump on and sign up. The next one comes very soon, so you never know when you sign up. It will be there the 1st and 15th of each month. And to all the educators that are out there, remember that the journey towards unlocking unlimited potential begins with you. And I hope that you continue to educate with passion. Have a great day, everybody.